and welcome to yet another episode of The Dice Are Screaming. Oh, oh. oh wow. That was, that was pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, that die was rolling around because it was on fire. It had to stop, drop, and roll. Wow. Wow. Yeah, dice on fire. All right. <laughs> well, we're coming at you. It's Freeform Friday. We have a nice topic for you. We're just going to pull the trigger on this one. It's just going to say it's about conventions because we have a guest tonight. Our guest. special guest. Hi. <laughs> Hi, it's Abby Dresky. She's been a longtime player in my Pathfinder campaign, as well as uh, just started going to conventions and doing some cosplay. Yeah, it's an avid maker of your own costumes, no less. Yeah, it goes okay most of the time. <laughs> well, yeah. As long as you don't use any fur and get it everywhere. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's the glitter of cosplay, isn't it? Yeah. You know, when, when you, you use never it, get rid it's... of it. All over the place, but no, we're we're not hiding the topic. We're not teasing anybody today. Now, before we go to commercial, we just gonna call it right out and say, "Yeah, this is totally happening." We're talking yeah. conventions, and we have a guest. So fun right. hazards and interesting things that you can do to augment your convention experience, including costume making, which is very popular. Very. Right, and uh, the reason why we're talking about conventions and pulling the trigger so quickly on this subject is because Gen Con's just got over with, and 70,000 participants. Yeah. 70,000 participants. Snapping records in half. Just wow. bam. I mean, what, when we went, it was uh, the 50th? Yeah, maybe? I remember that, yeah. And it was just a little over 50,000, like 58,000 after the... Still packed. Yeah, so I can't imagine how it was with 70,000 people. And I remember the days of like being impressed by... 25, 30,000 people showing up for a convention, and it has since then doubled. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased. There's a lot of meat on the bone to discuss uh, yep. so, when we get back from break. Yeah, and of course, uh, we're at the Patton household, which means that there are plenty of pets being pesky. So forgive us if we have some caterwauling and a mischievous cat or two trying to knock over stuff while we're doing our podcast. But in any case, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, also, a quick shout-out before that break to uh, Joe Richter of the Wheeler Roll Podcast. Came and gave us a nice message. We'll get with you Tuesday, as well as Frosthoth, our resident psionic platypus, <laughs> who was, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was dropped happy. in. It was terrific to hear from you both. Uh, so glad you enjoyed those most recent topics. Uh, and we will pick up with the call-in time uh, Tuesday. Right, so just stay tuned for that. But we're going to bid you adieu just for a quick moment to pay the bills, and we'll be right back after this. So stick around. And we're back, so thanks for hanging out with us. And, of course, we're starting our Friday, Freeform Friday, right off the bat with a topic that you already know and love. It's about conventions. And, uh, yeah, Gen Con's over and done with, but, uh, you know, why do we talk about conventions so much, and why do they factor into what is basically a game played with a close circle of friends or a few associates that you know from work or your personal and social life? Good question. I mean, you know, here we're talking about a thing that it's so intensely specific to the group of people at a table every week. And yet, here you have these enormous scale events where thousands of people congregate. I mean, if it's such an intense personal vibe between just a half a dozen people or so, uh, you know, what's the appeal of a monster-sized convention? Which, clearly, there must be an appeal, because they've done nothing but get bigger and more popular. Right, and, you know, it started off as uh, Gen Con itself was Lake Geneva Con, which was the 
rented out Horticultural Hall to Gary Gygax and the uh, Wargaming Federation that he was in charge of. And in 74, of course, Dungeons & Dragons came out, and then it's all kind of downhill from there. I mean, Gen Con has seen, uh, it's moved, and it has uh, other conventions. Of course, Dragon Con is another one that we should mention, but My, also but, Origins. Oh, yeah, Dragon Con in Atlanta, right? Right. The, the big one uh, down there. And, of course, like the, the various PAX, uh, like PAX East, PAX West. Okay. Right. Uh, oh, and uh, what is it, Geek Girl Con out west. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, shout out to Christine Hassel. We love you. Uh Doing great work, yeah, but yeah, Geek Girl. Yeah, there's lots of little cons all over, and uh, you know, conventions, gaming conventions especially, have endured, and they're pretty much the uh, lifeblood of role playing games, or gamers primarily. But why would you go to a uh, a convention where you knew pretty much absolutely nobody? Well, let's pop a question to you. What tempted you, Abby, into your first gaming con? Well, a big part of it was the fact that I wanted to go walk around in a costume and not have weird looks at me. Because uh, majority of the time, other people are wearing costumes too. Yeah. However, it's being able to find new games that you possibly haven't actually encountered. Yes. And definitely just meeting new people that are also interested in this like smaller niche that not everyone is perhaps interested in. Yeah, fair enough. There's, there's a lot to be said for the moment of realization that you're not an exception yeah. you know like you, you you grow up maybe not everybody's into the same stuff as you you got two or three friends who kind of dig the same thing but it really shifts your perspective when you go from two or three people to twenty-five thousand people which now it's i mean seventy thousand people showed up in indiana you know that's yeah that was like this week's gen con last weekend 70,000, yeah, was the final toll I heard. Uh, they're going to actually have to build some more uh, hotels for it. But, wow. Chamber of Commerce is all behind that, though. But so And good but, on them. I mean, it's a timely upgrade because uh, the trend suggests that it is not going to get smaller, ever. That what we're looking at is gaming has a place at the table, so to speak, that is much larger than it has ever been. And... You're not going to see, like, the crowd suddenly dip down to, like, well, we only got 25,000 people who needs all these hotels. No, you're you're going to go 70, 75, 80, and they're already having problems squeezing people in to the existing hotels. And, you know, that's that's become a problem for bigger cons. They, the city itself, these huge cities, do not have the infrastructure to support an influx of 75,000 people. I mean, heck, finding parking alone has been crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's almost Woodstock-esque. <laughs> yeah. I mean, having to drive to the very top of a six-story parking lot structure. Blistering heat. <laughs> yep. Jeez. Oh, yeah. That was that was quite a time. but And then hoof it the rest of the way. Yep. Wow. Yep. And that's it. That's the big thing is when you get to a convention, you know, if it's a local affair and you don't have to arrange for any sleeping accommodations, it's a pretty tame event. You know, you just kind of show up and, you know, there are many small conventions that can give you a taste. But there is nothing like the great big ones like Origins or Gen Con themselves are an experience onto themselves because you have such a large gathering of different types and diverse gamers as well as people with interest in comic books. 
other games like board games and video games even have started to make an appearance in recent years at Gen Con and Origins. Yeah, they've dedicated whole spaces to new stuff. And uh, did you you probably have a more relevant direct personal experience with the cosplaying elements, the costume contests. I actually haven't participated in a contest. Uh, <laughs> I know it's the worst. It'd be a good time to do it. However, every time we go, we're just so amazed and baffled. We're just taking in the sights of everything. We're, it's just hard to get indulged in everything. I kind of understand. I mean, there's a really high threshold for competition because there's so many people that I've seen doing it so well. But your costume-making skills are not to be scoffed at. I've, I've seen some of the pictures from the Pathfinder Society and, you know, the, the post-events at uh, Renaissance Fairs and went, whoa, I mean, that is that is really impressive work. I feel like I'm more so just like being involved in it and just watching all these people having their costumes being put together or just walking through it. It's amazing. I'm not as competitive as some people. Okay. That, that's 100% valid, too. I don't, you know, if, if the competition vibe isn't a thing, then there's no real reason to push your luck. If you're just having an awesome time going out and like strutting your stuff, showing a new costume uh, dedicated to a original character or to a published character, and it's really just about being around other people who will stop and go, I see what you did there. That is awesome. Well done. I think one of my favorite things is, I think a lot of people think it's, they don't want to do it because they think it's weird, but I like taking pictures of people. I like when they go, oh my god, I love your costume. Can I take a picture with you? I mean, obviously, there's that awkward line of, you know, don't overstep the boundaries or comfort zones, but I haven't had a problem with that. And a lot of people get very excited when they see, like, a good costume. Yeah, if you ask politely, I mean, and this is con etiquette here, uh, you know, stage one is to ask politely. You know, it, just running around with a camera and, like, snapping shots of everybody willy-nilly you may run the risk of running across somebody who really did not want to be photographed at random. Uh, so, you know, simple rule of thumb, you know, ask permission. Uh, don't don't put yourself in the position of, like, it's better to apologize later than to ask permission first. Oh, no, gosh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's just good con etiquette. Yeah, just use common sense and, you know, treat people with respect, and probably most of the time you won't get any problems. There is always the people who complain, like, well, when you know, back in the 70s when I used to go to cons, yeah... It was almost, uh, I've heard the stories uh, from the San Diego Comic Con and some the early parts of uh, Origins, the after costume parties, which were pretty much like Fire Island or oh, stories Lord. out of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. That... <laughs> it's the reason it's the 70s and not now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, those uh, those risque 70s, yeah, which... Uh, for any millennials who may be listening, do not let your parents' generation kid you. They were much worse. Yeah. That's I mean, why they're so traditionalist. And, oh, whatever you do, don't do that, or you'll wind up doing the horrible things that we did. <laughs> <laughs> what has been seen cannot be unseen. Yeah, but con-going and cosplay have a long future, and also gaming conventions and cosplay found themselves neatly tucked into each other because so many people who were creative uh, artists like Wendy Penny of the Elf Quest fame. Oh, yeah, Wendy and She Richard used Penny. to dress up as Red Sonia with the chainmail bikini with Frank wow. Thorne. Really? Yeah, he would be the wizard and sometimes, you know, they would uh, oh, Frank jive with each other. But, uh, uh, you know, there's many other artists and authors who would cosplay and dress up too that uh, would be there. And of course, Gygax was known every once in a while to wear a wizard's hat or 
robe during, and be the TSR wizard. Oh, it's true. And so costumes have always kind of been in the background. I, this is not a new thing. I don't think, you know, there's some people who can, nobody did that in the old days. Well, then you weren't there for the old days, dude. Well, neither were really we, but we understood. We saw the pictures out of Dragon Magazine. A lot of the coverage would come out of Gen Con or Winter Fantasy was another great big. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten about the Winter Fantasy Con. Yeah. Oh, that was a classic of yesteryear. Uh, so, you know, what was it? Uh, how about you throw out a early con experience, a first memory? Yeah, I first went to, uh, I was staying with my uncle up in Iron River up in uh, the Upper Peninsula Ooh. for a, a couple of weeks while uh, his wife was convalescing after a birth, difficult birth, helping take care of things. Anywho, as a reward, Aunt Karen took me to... Uh, Winter Fantasy up there, and that was my first convention. Well, Just one day. She, she had, yeah, it wasn't that far, really. Yeah, so uh, I got to do some Advanced Dungeons & Dragons official gaming and uh, hung out with, uh, you know, other gamers who were much older than I was. I was only, like, 15 at the time. And then uh, I got to go to a Gen Con, again, on the same principle, like, hey, it's in Milwaukee, you know, uh, Karen, you have a, you're a, <laughs> uh, sister who lives in Milwaukee, maybe I could go hang out with her for a few days, and that's what I did. And of course, nobody minded that I was just uh, sleeping on the couch and would come in at odd hours. <laughs> well, and it was the city of beer. So, what was your first con? It was actually uh, the 50th uh, anniversary for Gen Con. So it was really big. Uh, it was packed full, hard to get through all of it, but I, I was awestruck by everything. I found myself just staring at half the stuff, just kind of like going, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's almost too much to take in, which, I mean, it's a good thing it's a four-day event. But, uh, I mean, if you're if you're on a compressed schedule and you're only doing two or three days of the con, that's a lot to get your head wrapped around. Yeah, I only went for one day, and it was definitely uh, way too packed for uh, to be able to do anything major. But I, I knew that I wanted to keep going to cons after that. I, same here. I went to a much smaller con. I went to one on the edge of Detroit uh, with four of us packed into a van when I was 19. And we had pre-booked a hotel. The troop transport. Yeah, the old troop transport, the blue gamer gamer mobile unit one responding, uh, which we did actually game in the van while it was in motion. Nice. Uh, with somebody rolling dice on behalf of the driver. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so you could make decisions as the driver, but you could not roll dice. We also stopped in right. uh, parking lots to go get uh, food, and we would stay there for an hour or two. Yeah. Anyway. Resolve a major combat. Mm -hmm. exactly. exactly. We need our attention focused, so we're taking a break. But we, we went to the edge of Detroit. Uh, what is the name of that suburb? Uh, oh, goodness. Yeah, it's it's. Was it Southfield? Yeah, Southfield, Detroit. Yeah, Southfield, Detroit. And they had a small con there, and we stayed in the worst hotel ever. One yes, night. we've already talked about this, yeah, so we, we're just going to say. Yeah, that. we'll we'll skip over the the horror story of the worst motel ever, uh, and go on to the fact that like I was playing at tables with like just random games, like three four hour sessions. Yeah, uh, in some cases just two, but speed sessions. Multiple games and nothing but players, players, players. I don't think I played with anybody I personally knew uh, for about two days. So it was all new experiences, all different games, and I had a fantastic time. I was sold. After that, 
moved on to bigger cons, but oh, what a good time. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can get, when I was talking earlier, um, I wanted to mention that, yeah, that you can get a con experience and have a great time playing at with different tables with new gamers at small conventions. But what we're going to really bring out here is the huge enormity of these large mega conventions. And, you know, Paizo Con. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's right, the other one? There's a, a North huge. Texas Con. Really? Is a real big one, too. Uh, where there's just a huge diversity of just not only role-playing games. Oh, and I also understand Reaper Con, which oh, is yeah. just for uh, Reaper Miniatures, has now grown into a big gaming venue as well. But when we talk about gaming, we also want to talk about that there are many different types of gaming. Uh, nowadays, you know, people associate the other type of gaming as the collectible card game, Magic the Gathering, whatnot. Sure, and I mean, everybody at this table has at some point or another tried a wide variety of those games, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Know, it's very intersectional. All these things come together in a kind of group hobby zone where they get a chance to, at, well, the rising tide lifts all boats. All these different popular pastimes get a chance to, you know, work their way into other people's lives. Because uh, if you've got a friend who does this, there's a high likelihood you'll run across that next. I love it. But also, right from the get-go, the original Gen Con in these large conventions is also board games and war games. Now, of course, Gen Con started out as a war gaming, for the American Federation war gaming that Gygax and uh, Perrin were part of. But also, board games like Diplomacy, which is way, if you want to lose friends, that's a good yeah. one to play. Um, especially the Mackenzie risk <laughs> and even you know like Stratego which to some people seems contrite but oh sure but it was fun I remember playing that when I was like 12 or 13 yeah I saw that at Winter Fantasy they had a Stratego tournament I was like oh man sign me up yeah and so board games now that board games have diversified greatly uh since the 70s and 80s now there's just you know thousands and they're huge and of course you get to see those like Abby, why don't you tell us about our experience with the Exploding Kittens? Oh, my. So, the Exploding Kittens actually has a booth they'll set up, and it's basically just this big fur box of a cat, and you push in buttons, you pay whatever the toll is, and if you select the $1 random item one, you can get anywhere from a zucchini to things put on your head that you're not too sure of until you step away. <laughs> you can buy plushies, but it's all sorts of different things. And they have just hands operating all of this. And they have little graphics that they will just use their hands to zoom over the screen. Like a puppet show. Yep, and it's it's hilarious, and it's so much fun. And everyone just loves watching it, let alone being a part of it. Yeah, and it's become a con part, a part of almost every convention oh, now. Yeah. that They're even starting their own convention just to have exploding oh, kittens. More exploding kittens gear. Oh, man. No complaints for me. <laughs> yeah, and see, there's different. That's a game where normally you might exploding kittens. Well, I'm not really sure about this, but after you see a booth like that, you're like, I must now play exploding kittens. Exactly. I, I played a lot of things at cons that I never thought I'd play because I had an idle hour or two between events, and other people were engaged. My my friends were doing their events, and I, this is how I wound up playing a game called Big Eyes Small Mouth, the game of anime. <laughs> You know, it was anime role-playing game. This uh, will be recorded for blackmail purposes later. <laughs> yeah, it, it seriously happened. I totally confessed to it. I got to own it because everybody, all of my friends who were there with me at the time, know that I did it. Witnesses. Yeah, I, I can't dodge out of this one. I can't just claim it was murky circumstances, fake news. Never <laughs> happened. I don't know what you're talking about. 
Uh, <laughs> fake video evidence on the internet. It's like Bigfoot. Uh, no, I, I can't back out of that. But I had a great time. We had a blast at that table, and I am not the least bit sorry about it. Uh, it was not my usual gig, but I got out of my comfort zone, and I did something I'd never done before. And, uh, totally owe it to a con. And that's Ragnar also telling about his first kid. Cat con, and also how he needs to go to Exploding Kittens. <laughs> He's very upset about the Exploding Kittens comment. He finds that, you know, very, very offensive Racist. speech. Of course. Oh, yeah, you're... you know, it's very anti-catist. Yes. But, um, yeah, you go to uh, the big con, you get an experience you don't get normally with a small con. And that's no slam on the smaller cons, because all the cons, even small ones, you know, they have their draws. Uh, being at a small convention means you don't have as much harassment going on. It to does. get through the crowds and get to the front of the lines. Exactly. When you're dealing with only uh, three or 4,000 people uh, per day coming, yeah. filing in and out of a place, it's just really easy for all of the participants to kick back, have a good time, find parking, have a place to stay for the weekend, uh, you know, housing and all of that food. It, it only becomes problematic when you start crossing that you know, 10,000 people threshold. Where <laughs> uh, So hats off. Yeah, but... Hats off to the little cons, okay? Uh, everybody who's in gaming for long enough, sooner or later, knows what their local cons are. Right, and also showing up was anime in oh, the yeah. 80s. Mainly due to a lot of Robotech. Oh, sure. But also due to the uh, manga and... Other cosplay, which had an even bigger mm, resurgence in the late nineties, I mean, it just really—I mean, it went nuclear, uh, and anime became a huge staple of gaming events. Yeah, but all these diverse elements of geekdom come together, and there is a no judgment zone. No matter what you are interested in, you will find something. Either even when you go to some place like San Diego Con or Dragon Con where they're more about science fiction and fantasy or comic book characters, there's still gaming of various types. There's still uh, an exhibit hall, which the exhibitor's hall in a large convention kind of has to be experienced. <laughs> I mean, your first time through, what was it like, Abby? I, it was just... It was so big, but there were so many people everywhere. It... All I could do was kind of just stare on the sidelines for a while, just kind of trying to take it in. <laughs> little social anxiety moment. Oh, yeah, like, definitely. I wasn't expecting such a whoa. packed area. Well, your costume helped break a lot of ice with people. Oh, yeah. It, it, a lot of people would just come up to me, and I'm like, hi. <laughs> They're like, oh, my gosh, I love your costume. What is it about? And I'm like, uh, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's some bragging rights right there. When, Like, no, this is from scratch. Uh, you know, that is that is actually bragging right. Well, I've you've done a, a, a cosplay, Mike. Uh, that was not so much a cosplay as a vampire LARP. I, well, <laughs> you know what? I think Take it still it. counts. Yeah, well, you know. You, I mean, you had black nail polish on. <laughs> well, I went into the bathroom. You see, I showed up in blue jeans, T-shirt, you know, work-a-day clothes, baseball cap. Uh, I went into the bathroom the morning we were headed to con. And I was in there for like about 20 minutes. Uh, and, you know, obviously there was not a lot of ventilation, so the, the post-hot shower thing also created the steam effect. Anyhow, 20 minutes go by, people are knocking at the door waiting for their turn, and the guy who went into that bathroom 20 minutes before looked nothing like the guy who came out. 
whole new person. And they were like, what did you do with Mike? <laughs> <laughs> this is the dread overlord of the horde now. Just learn to cope. It's a dark I prince of Kalamazoo. <laughs> I ate him. So, Mike's not here right now. No, uh, that was a terrific time. Yeah, and see, that's the thing with a big convention. Of course, I repurposed the same clothing I'd wear to a Bauhaus concert. So, Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, to say that that was the 90s, that was the height of the vampire role-playing game. Back then, you could still wear your spikes, okay? Yeah. You know, they hadn't banned spikes yet. It's technically like a mailed gauntlet. You could hurt somebody with that. You could put someone's eye out. Yes, let me go hug people and stab them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was like, well, you know, like, if, if I'm forced into, like, hand-to-hand combat with them, <laughs> the situation is already well beyond my control. Because uh, I, you know, I'm wearing these as decorations. These are not here to go rumble. Uh, <laughs> you know what that crap cost? Holy crap. Exactly, not even worth it. Yeah, this is not, this is not the kind of stuff that you uh, subject to rigorous wear. So, one of the big things about going to a convention is the preparation. Now, we already talked about costumes and things like that. So, we're just going to go and talk about gaming. Now, the first time I ever went to a convention, I was really lightly packed. And the next time I went, I was more adequately prepared, which means I tried to carry everything. Which was terrible. It was a terrible idea. Because you have to lug this stuff with you all the time. Now, fortunately, when I went back in the 80s at my first Gen Con, there was a locker there that you could, in Milwaukee, that you could just, you paid a couple bucks, they give you a key, and you went in there, and you could open it up as many times as you wanted. Huh. I always, you know, I'm a hoopy frood from uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I just know where my towel is, and that's it. I don't need anything Right, else. so the dice, um, maybe one or two rule books. Don't overcrowd yourself. That's basically what you want for your gaming kit, and maybe a, a couple blank character sheets or a favorite character you want to bring for like the Pathfinder Organized Society or Adventure League. But let's talk specifically now about survival kits from experiences of cosplayers. <laughs> but what are the kind of the do's and don'ts of big con going? The biggest thing is you've got to be realistic. Do not do a huge, like, makeup is fun. You can do paints. But if it's not going to last you the, like, six hours, you're going to have a horrible time. Uh, It's going to transfer really badly. You need to make sure that that's going to be long-lasting or you have some setting powder. Male or female at this point because everyone wants to be an orc once in a while. Yeah. (laughs) But it's important to be realistic about that. Um, Contacts, you need to be safe with those. Uh, Sclera lenses. uh, Oh, good point. Very Mm -hmm. painful to wear for a long period of time. A lot of people who uh, cosplay will actually only wear the Scalera lenses during either their contest or when they want to take pictures. It's probably the best idea uh, not to wear them and cause any damage to your eyes. Um, Having emergency sewing kits. Ooh, yeah, for sudden costume rips. I, uh, I haven't had anything too drastic other than a few tears here and there, which it just adds to the look of it as a barbarian. Ooh, that one's a good question. All right, for that one, it works perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, debutante would be a different thing, uh, but barbarian, eh, a little rip looks like, uh, you know, I crawled battle. out of a thorn patch and had to fight off two orcs to get here. I mean, hey, I went to con- uh, I went to uh, the Renaissance Fair with a uh, neck brace, played it off as I went to uh, hand-to-hand combat with the backside of a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that tail slap was brutal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I think another just realistic thing is you need to know the temperatures. It's going to be hot inside. Do not wear 50 layers of clothes because you want it to look like an, a very intimidating whatever. Be realistic on that because you're going to get hot. You're, it's going to be unhealthy. You can pass out. Make sure you have water. And when it gets too much, make sure you have either a change of clothes or you can strip the layers down. Okay. Hi. Yeah, probably the same advice for uh, winter cons. You know, be mindful of the weather. Oh, I mean, definitely. if you're going there and you're know, like nothing but a, a unitard and a smile, um, you're going to want to have some available layers to, you know, deal with periodic. For breaks. all those strong, sad <laughs> cosplayers. Yes. Or strong mad. Strong mad. One of the, I'm not angry! An important thing, too, to remember is even if you go to a winter one, inside you're going to have everyone in there and it's they're not really going to be worrying about air conditioning. It's still going to get hot, so make sure things are still removable. Yeah, 50,000 people generates a lot of warmth. Oh, yes. Yep, and also, you know, make sure to take care of self-care. Ah. Oh, it's so important. Yeah, hygiene call where uh, historically... This is not as terrible a thing at cons now as it once was. But there was a time where, you know, the, the bloom was definitely off the rose. Okay? I just, ooh. Hygiene. The collectible hygiene game. Where, <laughs> you know, every time you went to the booth, they gave you, like, a random hygiene item. Like, toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant, soap. Yeah. this That was a thing. Okay? Not even kidding. Okay? We, we say that facetiously, but it's also true. Because midway into uh, some of the earlier cons, it began to be apparent that some people had great difficulty remembering to take a break for a little hygiene. So, uh, yeah, but <laughs> also drinking encourage. water. Yes, uh, eating food, drinking water, making sure you're getting something that's going to fill your stomach. I neglected that, like the first time I went and the second time. Uh, it got a little dangerous. Uh, I had to leave a line to get some water because I almost passed out. Oh, wow. You don't even realize it until it's hitting you. Uh, just because you're on the go constantly, you don't think about it. So as soon as you get there, don't be afraid to go buy a bottle of water. It's going to last you for a while. And when it runs out, just get another one because you never know when you're going to need it. Yeah, a little pack of trail mix. Yeah. And also take mental breaks because oh, if there's one thing about going through all the halls of the convention playing games is that you do get overstimulated and you will get a headache or migraine if you're prone to those you know you got to know your limits and you probably already do but also make sure that you take little timeouts just to get into a quiet place like go sit outside there's a nice park across uh gen con in indianapolis but uh, i took a long walk down to the uh city uh Square where they have the uh, war monument for all for the Civil War for the uh, World War One World War Two and Korean War, as oh. well as the Vietnam Memorial. That just reminded me of. Uh, I, I just had a flashback to one of the better Gen Cons I went to the the one in it was still in Milwaukee but uh, second place in the guitar off, uh, which the guy who won was like incredibly good at guitar. Uh, I, by way of explanation. And terrible at it, but I learned a terrible truth about entertainment. Sometimes it's not how good you are as a musician. It's how much you engage the crowd. You know, how much do you make people excited? Do you make them feel like they're being entertained? And I was good at that part. I did not score well because I was amazingly good at guitar. I was terrible. However, 
my stage presence was really good. So I did well, and I got free art. Uh, there you go. Which was a lot of fun. I, you know, that full goth gear really went over. The glam goth look went over really well with the people who were doing, uh, what was it? Uh, something the Velvet Generation. The Stardust was it? Star Children. Star Children, okay. Star Children, the Velvet Generation. Basically a role-playing game where the players are aliens who are Ziggy Stardust-like uh, famous people, famous musicians and artists in the 1960s and 70s. Um, <laughs> yeah, all oh. kind of bizarre games. What a great game to play. Oh, yeah. But, um, all right, well, that, I think we've talked a little bit about self-care, and I think that's where I wanted to end it off. Yeah, uh, Mike, you already had your nice story. What was yeah. your best memory of a con so far? Oh, Lord. Uh, honestly, one of my favorite parts of it was I ended up Detracting myself around, uh, away from the group, uh, it was either due to them trying to find food or they needed to take a break, but I was by myself going through the crowd of people with ease and not even, like, getting, like, interrupted, and I just got to look at all the tables, and I saw so many great games, and even just, um, items you can buy for addition to the games that are limited to just Gen Con, or I found tea. I, that was like now my favorite tea that I drink. Oh, it's it's really small things that you just find by just being by yourself and going through the little shop areas. Right. Okay. And you? Well, I I just have to say gaming. I mean, I've had uh, I really love my uh, home groups, my uh, gaming fam, but I also liked uh, being able to go there and do Iron Man DM coming in. On the third round, I got eliminated in the third round of Iron DM Challenge, but I still got, oh. like, Iron DM, DM finalist. You know, that was a great time. That was my best time, is, like, being able to, like, on one index card, write an entire campaign using only <laughs> the races that start with soft, uh, with vowels. Oh, <laughs> Elves, orcs, you know. <laughs> Arakakra. Yep. Oh. Yeah, all right. That's a challenge. I like yeah, that. no fair. Yeah, that is tough. Yeah, that's tough. And on the map, the blank side of the index card, you had to draw the world map. And you, uh, you did not get any books to reference to with this. You just had to sit there and write. No, you. They gave you an entire library. Oh, that, well, great. Yeah, you could look through. Oh man, all right. That'd be, That'd I be was, fun. I was going to say it would be even more Iron Manny if uh, I, you know, like no books from memory. But just schooler. having all that information, trying to figure out what's in Yeah, the DM who beat me, uh, she went on to win Iron DM Challenge that year. Wow. wow. Oh, bully for her. Yeah, well, which I was really happy. Well, at least I got the person who beat me was like the best one at the time. And you know, totally merited it. All right. Well, I think that brings us to our close. Right. And as always, if you have comments, questions, concerns, and hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you didn't, well, fie on you. But nonetheless, let us know what you liked and what you didn't like. And uh, on our Facebook page, The Dice Are Screaming, as well as you can get a hold of us on Twitter, me at Death Hand Gaming. That's D-E-T-H-A-N-D Gaming. And myself at Magi Box. And also, you can look Abby up uh, somewhere, I'm pretty sure. Abby. I don't really have social media. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> I'm a loser. No. no. I've but, seen you haunt a page or two in your time, but you are relatively quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like that myself. I, I can be reclusive. <laughs> but uh, just uh, get a hold of us on social media, so let us know what you like and what you didn't like. And, of course, may, may the, the dice always roll in your favor. favor. We're out. See ya. Thank you.